If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We should be live now. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. It's Yati Crozier here. I'm joined by Matthias Lever for slightly something else. Hey, everybody. And we're talking the names of video game genres. Mm-hmm. Which are all terrible, as I think we've agreed. And most yeah, even them, the good ones are terrible. Yeah. Most of them don't tell you shit. I mean, mm-hmm. all, pretty much all of them you need the context of already knowing about video games to understand what they refer to. Yeah, video games are like a weird... Uh, uh, it keeps building upon itself, and so to yeah. sort of have any idea what is currently going on, you need to have like a firm grasp of its history, which you don't really get in other mediums. Yeah. What does action-adventure mean? It could uh, mean everything. Yeah, that, that's everything. Yeah, it means literally everything. So, Pretty much every uh, like standard genre name from old days basically mm-hmm. could mean anything. Advent- yeah. Adventure game, that could mean anything. I mean, yeah. if you remember the 90s, we all have a specific image of what an adventure game is. Mm-hmm. It's usually the point and click thing where you use inventory items on things and there's dialogue trees. Of course, that... That genre is sort of out of favor at the moment, so adventure has sort of broadened in meaning now. What else? Simulator, that's a good one. What the fuck is a simulator? Uh, I mean, isn't everything? Like, aren't all video games simulating? Like, what it's like to be a car, or what it's like to be an athlete, or what it's like to to be falling Tetris pieces? Or to be a man with a gun? Or to be a man with a gun, yeah. It's all simulations. Yeah, it's just an American in, simulator right there. Because back in the day, simulation referred to uh, something that was trying to specifically simulate something from real life, like yeah, flight yeah. simulators or like forklift simulators. Yeah. So, the, yeah, there are still those simulator, like the truck driving simulator games, which are really big, or like the snowplow simulator games, which find a, 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 a weirdly uh, uh, large audience on Steam. Yeah. Um, th- I think those are true sim games. What we used to know of as simulators, I now generally refer to as the dad games. Mm -hmm. Games played by dads, probably because it reminds them of when they used to work for a living. Yeah. (laughs) And speaking as a dad, one can get very nostalgic about the times when we didn't have to put up with screaming children all the time. Yeah. So do you do you just like to kind of zone out at the end of the day and and hit the open road in a in a truck driving simulator game? Yeah, I would certainly like that if I had the chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this. Uh, I, oh just no, wanna, I just want to get like a, a bonus content like message out of the way because these don't show up on the super chat list. Oh yeah, and I want to get it out of the way before it scrolls off the chat. Yes, but it is relevant. Nakayuki, mm-hmm. member for nine months, and used their bonus message to say the industry using character action instead of spectacle fighter was the biggest disappointment in relation to the topic, and this is relating to something that I've been trying to coin for years. Mm-hmm. which I referred to as a very specific kind of action game as a spectacle fighter or spectacle game. Yeah, because first off, character action, again, is meaningless. Yeah. yeah. What, what I mean by spectacle game is that it's a game where uh, getting past the challenges, killing all the baddies or defeating all the baddies is secondary to doing it in a spectacular way. The game yeah. incentivizes doing it in an interesting way. So example, the classic example is Devil May Cry, uh-huh. where your combo meter only goes up if you continually vary your attacks and make it look yep. interesting. Other examples include uh, games like Mad World or Bullet Storm, where you, there's a point system based on how impressively you kill the baddies and throw them into things. Yeah, stuff like Bayonetta, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Yeah, Platinum Games, uh, Bank on yeah. spectacle fighting. Yeah. If you're awarded a letter grade after every encounter, there's a good chance you're playing a spectacle fighter. Mm. But the, 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 the apparently accepted genre name for that now is character action. Which, which is nothing. It also doesn't mean anything. All <laughs> no, games, it doesn't mean anything. All games have action and all games have characters. Again, yeah. if you don't have the context of already knowing about video games, you would have no idea what this means. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's... Uh, 
Yeah, so this this conversation, which like, I mean, first off, uh, thanks to American Fear and Scavenger in the Discord for for recommending it as a topic. I think it's really cool. But it also hey, spawned from shout uh, out community interaction. <laughs> I it's don't know the if whole, they're in the chat right now. But, it's the yeah. whole package at escapismagazine.com. Exactly. But this uh, this is sort of like a sequel to an episode that uh, you and Jack did last year on uh, uh, renaming Souls Like. Well, because Souls Like yeah. has become that name. Yeah. Well, we find we have to keep banging on about this because, you know, coming up with a better name for a genre is one thing. Getting it to stick is another thing entirely. <laughs> That's the trouble with language, I suppose. Once a, yeah. meaning, once a meaning is accepted, it's very hard to dislodge it. Yeah, and I think it's it's a problem that kind of only occurs in video games and not in like movies, uh, TV, and and sort of like you know fiction. Because uh, when you're when you're trying to identify what genre a video game is, you're you're kind of talking about two separate things. You're talking about like input and output. So yeah. you're talking about like what the you know story genre is so mm. there are plenty of zombie games mm. um yeah we're both playing dying light 2 right now there's the last of us and daisy and telltale's walking dead and project zomboid and, and stubs the zombie uh but if you just say a zombie game that doesn't tell you anything about what the actual gameplay is like yeah. because all those games i just mentioned have very different gameplay well quite that's the issue isn't it I mean, as you say, books, movies, and things, and your standard non-interactive media is very easy to summarize with just the genre that they are. Romance. There, mm -hmm. you, that, yeah, that tells you exactly what you need to know. Comedy. Drama. Horror. Yeah. Yeah. Mix and, and match the, where appropriate. But the video game... I was about game, to say, the, crazy, the craziest they do is when they combine two, and they say yeah. rom-com. Yeah. But the video game is a uh, multifaceted thing. That has mm -hmm. both the genre of the story and the setting and the th the, the theming, I should say. It has both the yeah. theming and the practicalities, the gameplay, the, mm -hmm. the, ch the challenge aspect. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I think. I think we should okay. embrace a modular system of genre naming. Okay. So like obviously, it. you can't summarize everything in one word. Mm -hmm. That's what we're trying to do, and it's a mess. So... Uh, actually, going back to our discussion about what to do about the Souls-like genre name, what me and Jack eventually came up with was to rename the Souls-like to the Recursive Sprawler. Okay. And this is a, a modular name, because Recursive refers to a kind of game that has that sort of uh, repetitive aspect that Souls-likes tend to have, where you die mm -hmm. and constantly repeat areas... Uh, with respawning enemies and all of that as part of the gameplay. You could also apply it to games with a time loop aspect. Uh -huh. And uh, Sprawler is sort of what I think of as a slightly more efficient name for Metroidvania. Okay. Because Metroidvania, again, is meaningless without context. But when we refer to Metroidvania, we're referring to a sort of open world that's not quite an open world. It's more of like a, a, a spaghetti network of paths rather than like a big empty meadow where you can go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So and I referred to it as a sprawler. It's a sprawl yeah. of different routes you can take and you can go back and forth as much as you want like you're on a confusing highway interchange. So we combine the two, recursive sprawler. And if we want to put, like, the theme in there as well, we could call it a dark fantasy recursive sprawler. <laughs> so now now things are getting a little... With your modular... I, I like your modular method, but things are getting a bit uh, a bit wordy at that point. Well, and we're I, trying I, to I, summarize a very complicated thing here. I, I agree. I agree. And uh, it, it's I find it funny when folks get uh, uh, angry at uh, comparisons, calling things Souls-like. That's kind of been the big thing over the past decade is you call everything a Souls-like or, or you refer yeah. to everything as, as having elements of Breath of the Wild. And people get angry. But at the same time, it is, if you're doing it for shorthand, and because, like we said, the medium is so... Uh, continually built upon itself mm. that referring to a uh, kind of well-known point of origin, even if it's not the point of origin, like Dark Souls wasn't the first game to do this, Breath of the Wild wasn't the first game to do this, but it's sort of a, a, a known landmark. It's almost like uh, uh, if you if before cell phones, when you if you'd go to Disneyland with your family and you'd say if everyone if you get lost, then then everyone meet back up in Toontown. 
Mm. It's kind of like a, a landmark for folks to be able to reorient themselves. Right. A codifier, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, twas ever thus, of course. There was a mm -hmm. time when all first-person shooters were called Doom Clones. Mm -hmm. But we stopped calling them that, even though Doom Clone is shorter to say than first-person shooter, because yeah. I think the reason why people go off that sort of name, the reason why we went off Souls-like, is that it's a little bit dismissive, I think. I mean, sure, it's helpful uh, to summarize yeah. in that way, but people people don't want to think of their preferred mode of entertainment as something that can be so easily sort of summarized as knockoffs. Yeah, yeah. We want to be taken seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think part of it comes from, it, it feels like, uh, you know, having covered games for quite a long time, that people get very... Uh, uh, defensive of the things they like and feel like if, if yes. you're <laughs> yes got a bit of experience with that in my time yeah and that any sort of criticism of a thing is a criticism of them because the them and the thing is one and the same which is, is not how it should be but sadly is how it is mm. so in many ways coming up with a slightly more technical modular system of naming uh, might be an attractive solution for these people. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. We'll okay. see. I guess the problem with the genre names at the moment is that, as we say, you have to be an insider to understand what they mean. And people kind of like uh -huh. being insiders. They like being gatekeepers. Yeah. They uh, they um, like the idea of having a place that is theirs. This is our place, and we must shun the outsiders who are not uh -huh. one of us. So when, yeah. you, when you come in and start uh, demanding changes or sort of dismissing entire genres as souls likes they get a bit uppity because then you're then you're one of the outsiders you're one yeah. of the those mean old jocks who used to judge us for playing D D in the gym yeah exactly exactly but i feel like the problem with that is if you if you went to someone who hasn't heard this conversation before and you were trying to describe a game and you called it recursive and a recursive sprawler and you you said what that means I feel like their first response, if they played games, would be like, oh, like Dark Souls. And so I think that's why we do it, is because even if you try to use these new terms, the my immediate response is always going to be like, oh, it's like blank. And I don't mean that pejoratively, and I don't mean that to say that the game is a blatant ripoff or, or a cash cow or anything, or, or you know, a cash-in. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just do feel like there are certain landmarks that, that are easy to go back to. Well, maybe we should just work to make video games even more mainstream. They should be like, there you go. video games should have the equivalent of libraries, where it's like a community center. Everyone goes and everyone, everyone understands that all the books are filed under the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And then we can it's start funny. coming up with technical language and stuff. Yeah. It's funny because we were talking about this, uh, uh, I think back in December, you and I did a conversation about the Game Award nominations. And how hang on, uh, hang on, I need to spit. <laughs> Go on. And how absurd they have a category that's just called best action adventure, which you've said is sort of the term. And now I'm going to spit and hold up the middle finger. And the yes, uh, five on. games, the five games are uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Um, and if you try to find any connective tissue between the five of those, you will drive yourself insane. Yeah. The other one was simulation. Simulation, which, which yeah. was like yeah. five games from all across the map. Yep, yep. Well, that's just the Game Awards being shitty, isn't it? Well, it is. <laughs> but but I guess that sort of naming convention is it's it's the category it goes under is shitty because we've collectively not come up with anything better which is hopefully what what in the next 20 minutes i'm sure we'll fix everything well right. the game awards is like a a pivotal focal point of the community if anything they should be the ones spearheading the shit we're talking about mm -hmm. they're the yeah. ones that need to be coming up with these technical categories <laughs> do you think like was film going through this in like the 20s where it was like ah oh, it's a pain in the ass like this thing's kind of spooky. What do we call it? And they're like, oh, we'll just call it a horror movie. Let's just, just move on I, from there. I don't know. The only thing I can think of is that the superhero genre used to be referred to as the man of mystery genre. That's true. Yeah. Back in the days of uh, Doc Savage and The Shadow and The Phantom. Yeah, yeah. Man of mystery genre. 
I don't know. I've often said video games at the moment are sort of going through the equivalent of what movies went through around the golden age of Hollywood <laughs> when it was all epics and too much money. Yeah. And before and it, the auteur theory became like the popular uh, yeah, before, it, before it retracted and we got sort of new Hollywood and we got, you know, folks like Coppola and Spielberg and Lucas. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. We've got all that to look forward to. <laughs> Uh, uh, so the other you you also coined a term recently um, for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, I referred to that I, as the Ghost Train Ride. Okay, I couldn't remember its name, and I wrote down a Haunted Hayride because I couldn't remember <laughs> what you called it. Sort of like that, but that yeah yeah that my intention in the, uh, that episode of Extra Punctuation was to come up with a name for the sort of game that Guardians of the Galaxy represents, where it's. It's uh, I, it's like the action-adventure in the Uncharted sense, where it's a linear sequence of uh, encounters, and the encounters are all kept very firmly separate from each other. Which is not quite the same thing as, say, uh, uh, something like Half-Life, <laughs> which, is, which is a linear string of set pieces, but it's not, you know, sort of aggressively uh, modularized. There's not like uh, locked off arena after locked off arena. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Stuff that happens in one arena can affect stuff that happened in previous arenas and, and following mm -hmm. arenas. Is the point? Fighting could spill into a previous room rather than like all the doors being locked. Yeah, yeah. But, Do you have other other games that would that would fit into that genre name? Well, Uncharted, as I said, mm -hmm. The Last of Us brings to mind uh, the mm -hmm. most recent Thief game. Uh, springs to mind because uh, that was uh, very tragic for me because I loved the original yep. Thief games. What I loved about Thief 2 in particular was that you'd have these huge sprawling maps with guard patrols that took you all the way around it. And because Thief 4 was designed with this modular ghost train ride style and nothing uh -huh. affected anything outside of any specific arena, then all the stealthing around guards was just relegated to here's a dude here in this room, they walk over to this side of the room, then they walk over to the other side of the room. And if you just uh -huh. sprint straight past them, they go, hey! But then you go through a point of no return and uh, they can't do shit. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that's someone who says, I don't get paid enough for this. Like, yeah. Listen, I, I did my job. I yelled and then you got out of my visual cone yeah. and listen, I, I'm... I'm just I'm just here to collect yeah. a paycheck. They're like convenience store clerks when someone sprints out with a case of beer. Yeah, they're like, I don't own this place. What do I care? Oh, fuck, fuck <laughs> it. Whenever I, worked, whenever I worked retail, I was always told that if someone just ran out through and the alarm went off, to just fucking forget about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to work at a coffee shop, and someone yeah. would come in and like steal like the little trinkets we had in front, and other people would get mad, and I'm like, I don't care. I don't own this place. Like, I'm, I'm not paid enough to care about this. Like, well, well, I'm not going to get into an altercation over this. Places I work, the management specifically told you not to, because, you know... Well, there you go. Yeah, because it's, it's much worse to deal with an employee who ends up getting killed yeah. on shift. I mean, yeah. theoretically, this is what mall security is for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I've coined other terms for genres in the past. Yeah, a lot of them, were, a lot of them were facetious, of course. Mm -hmm. Spunk gargle wee wee, of course. Yeah, yeah. Which that was your that was your Call of Duty, right? Yeah, although that refers a lot to the theme of the game as well as the way it plays. Mm -hmm. I always like uh, refer to a game like that if it's like a war shooter or a war game where uh, that has absolutely zero introspection about war, where just all the characters are just, yay, we are, we must fight the war. We are, we, yeah. we have own, no interest in anything but fighting this war. Mm -hmm. We are fantastically better equipped than the people we're fighting, but this will never be brought up in any sort of, you know, uh, moral questioning context. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play the division? Uh, I did. Yeah, I played. I played both of them. I remember like uh, saying a lot of this sort of thing about that game, and I was watching like uh, Ross Scott recently did a like a game dungeon on it, and brought up a lot of the points I raised. It was like, are we the baddies? Kind of feels like we're yeah. the baddies here, because because the enemies are all the enemy are all just rioters. Yeah, and you know they're just you know desperate people who are starving, who've like stolen some food or they've stolen some medicine. And all your, the people on your earpiece are going, going. Uh, they're probably they've probably stolen it so they can use it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we, well, we assume as much. 
Yeah. While you're equipped with like yes. uh, high military grade gear and, yes. and yeah. murder, murder them all and steal it back. And then we can yeah. take it back to the people, which people <laughs> again, presumably not the people who currently yeah. have it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but I digress. Yeah. Yeah. Another recent one I've come up with is Jiminy Cockthroat, which refers oh. to stealth action, open world with crafting okay. and collectibles. Okay. Which is what every single player game is now, if it's not that a is, ghost train ride. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is tough. And that's where the modular goes in, because you could just say that, and then you could say, oh, oh, but it's a first-person version of that, or oh, oh, but it's a, a zombie version of that. Yeah, it takes a while to say it all, of course. Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, the fact <laughs> is, these genre names come about because certain things, certain combinations of uh, modules uh, become common. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when we have something like this, there's stealth action with an open world and there's crafting and there's collectibles. I mean, you could list all of that, but so many mm -hmm. games do that, we might as well just come up with like an umbrella term for it. Yeah, yeah. And like going back, uh, like I said earlier, we're both playing uh, Dying Light 2 and uh, the full yes. embargo isn't up for that, so we're not going to give, yes. you know, we're not, not entirely sure. We're not entirely sure what we're allowed to say about that at some point. Uh it, it was it was we're allowed to discuss impressions of the first 10 hours yeah and we're not gonna but, do story spoilers obviously but so, i might have um, some kind of brain defect and my first yeah. 10 hours might be your first half hour <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is funny because 10 hours like if you just mainline story missions well they all you know that whole thing was they said you could beat the story in 20 hours but to see everything it's 500 hours so for some people 10 hours could be the first half of the game and for others they might still be in the tutorial yeah for my part, I'm uh, yeah, I'm mainlining the critical path and skipping mm -hmm. side yeah. stuff. Although yeah. you know, if there's a thing to pick up on the way that might increase my stamina, I might do that because I really want to unlock all the parkour skills. Yeah, just, so that's just to make it fun to get around. So that's one of those things with that game is, um, you know, it has talking about modular stuff. It has a lot of different elements. It has the sort of Again, I don't know what you want to call the Assassin's Creed, like the what, what Ubisoft did, like, I don't know, a tower climber, like where there are focal points in the city and yeah. you get to the top of it and you solve either a puzzle or defeat some enemies, but it sort of unlocks, a, a, almost like a, removes a fog of war from the map yeah. and allows you to see a bunch of different collectibles and side quests and everything. And that's yeah. something we've seen in all those Ubisoft games, you know, Far Cry and, and Watch Dogs and AC and Dying Light now. Yeah, we need a quick name for that. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess towers sums it up pretty well. So yeah, uh, I was almost I was almost taking tower climbers because every, every it always involves doing something either hmm. getting to the top of a radio tower or in Assassin's Creed climbing to the top of a tower and going in your weird little bird's nest eagle perch. Um, tower tower mapper focal tower point, mapper focal point mapper. There you go. It's just a, a cartography sim. Yeah. 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 Um, and again, that doesn't that doesn't tell you everything about the game, but that sort of gives you a clue of oh, this is what a, a major portion of the gameplay loop is going to be like. Isn't a map game one of the proposed alternatives to Metroidvania? Interesting. I think I remember hearing that the Japanese term for Metroidvania like literally means something like you know map filler or something like that. Interesting. Which that that does fit with that, but then it gets confusing because there's. Um, sort of uh, uh, dungeon crawlers like uh, Etrian Odyssey where mm. where it, it, part of the core mechanics is literally drawing a map and mm. sort of like you are keeping track of the map and that's the two of the Persona spinoffs, the Persona Q games are like that where like half of the gameplay is you literally on the bottom screen of a of a, um, of a uh, DS drawing the map. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Tower Unveiler tower unveiler that sounds like a pervert yeah that sounds that's, that sounds like yeah that's, that's, that's that sounds like, like a sound like a roundabout euphemism for something you'd use in an erotic novel yeah <laughs> that would just completely turn off your entire uh, uh readership yeah yeah well yeah. you know as you say video games are very complex things it's hard and <laughs> uh you know coming up with a quick term that will summarize things for the for the layman is possibly a lost cause at this point I mean, yeah. the layman who doesn't play any video games, you know, put them in the average video game and they struggle to understand how to look around with analog sticks. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's, uh, yeah. it's not intuitive whatsoever. No.
Yeah, and it's funny because games are just getting it's just getting harder and harder. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, in the in the early days of games in the you know arcade age of the seventies or the Nintendo age of the eighties or even into the nineties, like there were so few genres. Like if you look at the Super Nintendo, you could probably if you list seven genres, you've probably cleared ninety five percent of the games on there. And there was only yeah. like you know the rare outlier like Mario Paint or something that was like a truly like sort of one-off game well whereas well games were resource intensive and uh such a game could really only do one thing Mm -hmm. you could have an in-depth story in an rpg or you could have in-depth gameplay in like a platformer or something but you couldn't you couldn't really do both yep absolutely or you could just focus on uh, like a one-on-one fighting system and then you'd have a fighting game and it Mm -hmm. would only do that but these days, you know, now that there is so much uh, memory to spare for making video games, people feel this obligation to try to throw in everything but the kitchen sink. And in mm-hmm. and in that climate, what I've found is that the games that really catch attention are the ones that do focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we we both enjoy unpacking in recent yeah, times. Absolutely. That's like the definition of a very simple game that focuses on one and only one thing, and it's yeah. and it's really good. Yeah. Did you, also side note, did you see that story about how there was like a shitty uh app store knockoff of it that just completely wholesale stole it from that and is advertising I to everyone? S- I saw the fucking ad for that while I was yeah. playing another game on my phone. I was like, Jesus, the mobile games yeah. industry. What the fuck happened? Yeah. What the well, fuck especially happened because to the days of Cannabolt or uh, yeah. Fruit, Fruit Ninja and yeah. when it was like one of the few really exciting platforms to develop for. Yeah. And now it's well, especially with, you know, you have Apple taking whatever thirty percent of the cut of sales because they say that goes towards sort of keeping uh, quality assurance on the App Store, and you're like, well, that's awful. Like this thing yeah. should be shut down immediately. Yeah, if the if the objective is to assure quality, it's not doing its job very well. No, no. Yeah, so that was a bummer. Oh, you made me sad now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, unpacking, uh, it wouldn't have the soul of unpacking. No, no, absolutely not. No. It is crazy, though, how the like room layouts are the exact same, like in the screenshots I've seen, and I'm like, yeah. Jesus, like you just wholesale stole this. This is, this yeah. is awful. More often than not, they, the, these uh, like uh, landmark games that do one simple thing very simply are also like demonstrating in a really effective way to convey an interesting narrative through that one simple mechanic. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, unpacking uh, tells an interesting story in the background about the character whose boxes you're unpacking. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Basically, all the games by Lucas Pope have focused on, like, one core mechanic, but uses it to tell an intriguing story just with the tools mm-hmm. it has. Yeah, Papers, Please, and, and uh, Return of the Oberdin are, are prime examples of that. It reflects a wonderful elegance of design that the mainstream throw in everything but the kitchen sink game lacks. Yeah, and it it does sort of remind me of like the old days when a game mm. would come out and you're like, oh man, it does this one thing, but it does this one thing like really well. Yeah, and then back in those days, it, the interesting thing was games that did a lot of things because that was rare. Yeah, yeah, those were the standout games. Whereas now it's it's almost you're you're harder pressed to find the game that's just a you know master of one instead of being a jack of all trades well there's so little innovation because so many games are just constructed from prefabs like the yeah uh, like uh, unreal engine and unity mm-hmm. toolkits but you can just download a first person shooter engine there's uh, i think when you build something from the ground up uh there's incentive to sort of find the ways you can really innovate with it yeah 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 i think that's a good point too there's also the uh, not, not, what I'm thinking about it going back to the game awards. Uh, the term indie has lost uh, all meaning because I feel like for a while, if you said something like in uh, what, 2007, 2008, maybe if you said something was an indie game, you could sort of in your mind conjure ish what it would be. You mentioned you know something like Cannibal earlier, or, or Meat yeah. Boy, or even like Braid, um, and those games have a lot of differences, but but there's a similar spirit behind them, whereas you know, the Game Awards this year for best indie game, you had 12 Minutes, Death Store, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, Inscription, and Loop Hero. Yeah, which again, most of those published by Anna, Annapurna? You have Annapurna and Devolver, yeah. And yeah, then you have Kena, which is one of the best looking, you know, which had like yeah. Sony support behind it. 
See, indie is short for independent, which mm. means it was brought out without the assistance of publishers. <laughs> Therefore, there can be no such thing as an indie publisher. Yeah. So that's just a publisher at that so point. So what, what we mean by indie these days is usually like low budget or small team games. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. There's no like clear cut line of demarcation because like I mentioned, like that Kena Bridge of Spirits, like maybe oh, yeah. that's a smaller team, but that looks, I don't know, that looked as good as, as the big AAA 3D platformers that came out. You know why it was indie? Because it wasn't AAA. I guess so. That, yeah, there's just, there's everything no middle ground. That's, everything that's not the fucking 1% counts as indie yeah. now, apparently. Yeah. Jeez. I yeah. Think well, I might be getting off topic, but I think we've discovered in trying to come up with new genre names that we can't at this point because most games are so nebulous these days. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, except for the... Except for indie games that are just doing yeah. one thing and then a lot of them just have to have a whole genre name all to themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then there are... Again, to, to circle back to the Souls-like thing, it gets frustrating because there are games where the easiest way to describe them is to point to its clear source material. Um, like uh, uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Mm. In the past whatever year or two, we've had uh, The Pathless, Solar Ash, and Prey to the Gods. Which yeah. I think I think it's Funny safe that. to say all three of those games very clearly point to Shadow of the Colossus as, as sort of the inspiration for their design. It's almost like the Shadow of the Colossus era has uh, moved into the nostalgia bracket. Yeah, I guess yeah, if the, it's... The 20 year, years before the present yeah, nostalgia just, bracket. We're almost there, so maybe that makes perfect sense, yeah. Yep. Pray for the Gods is really fucking blatant. I'm doing yeah. a review of that soon. Keep an eye well, out. There you go. There you go. And it seems like everyone sort of makes out that you're the asshole if you bring it up. I say, this is just Shadow of the Colossus, and then like, ruining it. <laughs> Nobody plays your old grandpa games anymore. <laughs> but you can play it on a PS4. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It's, uh, it's strange. Yeah. Moan, uh, moan, the, moan, moan, moan. The, uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up to you okay. was um, a, a game you and I talk about a lot is Persona. And to me, Persona is a game that is is hard to um, put a pin in why we love it because I feel like there's disparate parts of it. There's the, you know, traditional JRPG part. There's sort of the yeah. What even how what even defines JRPG? Because uh, it's know. Japanese. Yeah. I mean, much, I've yeah. heard a lot of people say console RPG to mean JRPG. Because um, which you know is okay. fair, is fair enough if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it does seem strange to to that we separate JRPG and Western RPG, and those are the only yeah. two genres we yeah, do that with. A lot, of, a lot of what we call JRPGs can have a whole range of different combat systems. Some of them are turn based, some of them are real time, some of them have those yeah. awful in betweeny things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like Tales from Arise is a JRPG. Um, you know, same as Final Fantasy VII Remake, same as Persona Five, but those games all control very differently. Yeah, I mean, turn-based is a vastly different experience to real-time combat. Oh, absolutely, it's a complete, 100%. completely different mental level. Yeah, requiring a completely different approach. Yeah. What would you? How would you codify the uh, the, the the social and time management elements of Persona, which you see also in games like you know Fire Emblem and and stuff like that, where you have you have to what like a free time simulator time management simulator where you have all right you have the evening you could do one thing and you have to choose how your 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 avatar will spend that evening hmm well that's life simulator isn't it i guess that is life simulator yeah 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 there's a few of them yeah but then isn't the truck driving game a life simulator if you're simulating if, the life of that, a truck driver if that's your life also it's not quite yeah. the same as something like the sims because the sims is like real time and persona is yeah. as you say you have to pick the one thing you're going to do in this entire time slot yeah so I don't, is that like a, a friday night simulator where you have like well i can only do one thing on a friday night i can go see a movie or i can go grab dinner with my friends or i can wander around the city and and go hit baseballs in the weird batting cage above my above my coffee shop house well there you go there you go we did it we fixed we fixed video games there you go you're welcome everyone <laughs> right let's go into super chats which as you know we read out from this point in the thingy thing mm -hmm. 
yeah, thank you to everyone who's donated. Keep your keep your donations yeah. coming in. If you have yeah. ideas for genres, if you want us to try to name new genres, or if you just want us to talk about something else. Yeah. It's your show. Just post just, you know, super chat something and we have to say it. That's how it works. Yeah. Legally obligated. So starting with Mitchell Emery, who gives uh, one seventy nine British pounds to <laughs> say your top soundtracks for gaming stroke game soundtracks. Persona. Uh, there you go. Uh, oh, ever? Well, even so, uh, yeah. I'd say oh, Persona 5 is one of my faves. Yeah, I think Persona 5 is right up there, and Persona 4 Golden for me. Um, I, I think the Nier games have incredible soundtracks. Um, mm. I think Jet Set Radio has incredible soundtracks. Um, I think the, the Zelda games have incredible soundtracks. I really like Animal Crossing's soundtrack. I think there's a lot of good stuff, yeah. Guitar Hero, but that's kind of cheesy. Guitar Hero? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that kind of... But there was that. There was sort of that span of time where, like... Uh, uh, you know, sort of the Tony Hawk Guitar Hero era, where where creating a compilation of music was almost as important as like an orchestrated soundtrack. Mm. I I keep bringing up like the first game I remember liking the music was a game on the Commodore sixty four called Creatures Two. Okay, not to be confused with another franchise called Creatures, which was a sort of later thing that was a PC life sim sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Creatures Two was an adorable platformer about. Uh, little fur fuzzy animals being murdered with chainsaws. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but it had a nice soundtrack? Yeah, yeah, really good soundtrack. Yeah, there you go. If you like chip tunes, I recommend checking there it out. There you go. It's it's also interesting how uh, it feels like in, in a, a, a generation, like one generation younger than us, uh, uh, something that's really uh, become beloved was the uh, Wii eShop, like the Wii Shop music. Mm. for the Wii. Do you know how that's sort of taken a life out of its own and become this uh, it was like a sort of a laid back sort of like freestyle jazz song that would play when you were like browsing games but it's become this like beloved tune of the, of a younger generation and I kind of love that. Well, I really clearly remember the song that played when you were making a me. There you go. I think I think it's it's all that like sort of bass like console level music from the Wii for some reason has like really inspired a generation, which good for them. It was something like Yeah, which is incredible. See everyone can remember it instantly when you bring it up. I also think I saw a super chat that's that was gonna ask you to sing, so I feel like you're already halfway there. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that one. <laughs> Daniel Burdenshaw gives 10 uh, New Zealand dollars to say, I like the idea of splitting the concept of game loops and setting into format and genre, like horror platform or sci-fi RPG. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem with that is coming up with one word to summarize the gameplay side of things. Yeah. Because as we've established, think, they're all over the place. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's relatively easy to, to uh, uh, describe the story or like, sort of setting of a game with one word because that's usually just something yeah. that you've seen before in books or movies or tv so the theme zombie. yeah exactly exactly zombie. exactly sci-fi yeah. dark fantasy yeah weeb shit weeb shit yeah, yeah. instead of jrpg <laughs> yeah that works <laughs> All the games gives four ninety nine US to say, Yahtzee, I feel like I haven't heard your lovely singing voice in years. Would you grace us with a demonstration? Well, we just did that. Yeah, look at that. You you inspired him. Yes, I'm sure it was m- as melodious as ever. <laughs> Sorry, I'm shy. <laughs> well, it's hard to like, you know, it's like if someone just says, say something funny. It's It's hard to do that. But if you, you know, Naturally, if you're in conversation, something funny will come out. Well, I have been singing Only You uh, to my daughter to get her to go to sleep at night. Oh, that's nice. It's only you <laughs> can make this change in me. Yes, it's true. That's incredible. You are my destiny. When etc. Yeah. What if you just you what if you that worked on our audience and you put so many people to sleep right in front of their keyboards? Well, it seems to have a remarkable effect on on the on the creature. Yeah. A <laughs> creature. <laughs> uh Pascal Halval sixty nine gives five Euros 
to say, yeah, it's finished existentially challenged. Great, but didn't live up to differently Morphous. Well, fuck you. Next one's a McKeown book, right? He's Frobisher, isn't he? No, fuck you again. Well, there you go. Wow, the rare double fuck you for one super chat. Congrats. I hope it was everything you dreamed of. <laughs> Hibiki the Ink Fox gives five US dollars to say, the only video game genres that I can think of that have remained consistent over time are real-time strategy, puzzle, and life simulator. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Although strategy yeah. raises a few questions if you ask me. Mm -hmm. I mean, any game features strategy, or at uh, least tactics. Yeah, I mean, real-time strategy. Like, Mario is a real-time strategy where you have to time your jumps and, yeah. and, and your speed. and yeah, You have to be strategic about those turtle shells and kicking them yeah. off ledges. Yeah, absolutely. And even puzzle games, like, you can throw everything in the puzzle box, but then if you look at everything you've tossed in there, you're like, well, shit, like... Unpacking is a puzzle game, and The Witness is a puzzle game, oh, and Tetris is a puzzle game, and Threes is have, a puzzle game. Video games have been very iffy about what constitutes a puzzle. Yeah. I mean, pressing two different buttons to open a door was characterized as a puzzle in Quake. Yeah, that's true. Marshall Graham gives $10 to say, Pokemon Legends Arceus leaked, and I got a hold of the digital files, and I've been trying it. Oh, jail. You, oh, you naughty going, boy. Going to prison. Well, maybe he's with the police force because his name's Marshall. Oh, they could, oh, you think you don't think his name is Marshall Graham? You think he is Graham, who is a marshal? Yeah, so he's he's you know he's connected. <laughs> he's he's they're gonna overlook the law for him because isn't it always the way? Yeah, it's definitely different and interesting, but a lot of one step forward, two steps back. Think you'll review it? I don't know. I might if there's nothing else. But apparently, there's going to be a lot soon there is there is going to be a lot february is going to be going to be very busy oh and, boy uh, yeah but no i'm i'm looking forward to it. it comes out it comes out on friday it comes out in like three days so yeah i'll, I'll, I'll go and try to catch those critters carter browden gives two dollars us dollars to say have either of you played sayonara wild hearts i have not uh, I have. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. That was also an Annapurna published game by uh, Simogo, who did Device 6, which is one of my favorite games ever. But uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts is almost like uh, if if Rez was a, was a J-pop music video, interactive J-pop music video. Highly recommend it. Well, Very fun. sounds like it might be embarrassing to be caught playing. Uh, it is, yeah. But it's fine. You can play it on your phone. No one can see what, what's going on in your phone. That's where you put secrets. Well... Keep your secrets to yourself. I will. Also, I'll uh, want me read out. There's a bonus content beforehand oh, okay. that you might have missed. Uh, Jack Dwiggins, who's been a member for two months. Thank you, thank you so much, Jack. Said, I personally don't like the term Dark Souls of blank or Breath of the Wild of blank. Feels like they're upselling whatever the game is by comparison. Well, quite. Yeah. And usually what they mean yeah, is I, when they say Dark Souls of blank is that it's really hard. Yeah. Because that's and it's, all the people have taken away from Dark Souls, really. And I don't think it's trying to be qualitative. It's more just like, hmm. well, it's like Dark Souls, where when you die, you have to go back and find your body to grab your bits, or else your bits disappear. Yeah, keep a hold of those bits. You got to, you got to keep those bits. Keep them in your pocket. Uh, Miles Mann gives four ninety nine US to say, "Howdy, everyone. Hope you guys are having a great day." Uh, say right back at you, Miles Mann. Aw, thank you so much, Miles. Daniel Burtonshaw gives 10 New Zealand dollars to say, may spunk gargle wee wee never pass into the dark of history. Well, <laughs> that's on you, Daniel Burtonshaw. Yeah. Just, you know, keep circulating it in polite conversation. I feel like as soon as you say that, the conversation is no longer polite, though. So, Well, people will remember it. That is true. <laughs> Corey Myers gives 10 US dollars to say, do you think Microsoft buying Activision will prompt Sony to release more games on Steam? I don't see how doing day one releases on both PC and PS5 hurts Sony. Thoughts? Love the show. Well, that might be a sign of battle lines being drawn. Yeah, I mean, Sony's definitely, uh, uh, it's, it's over the past few years, it's started to release games on Steam. And we just saw, um, they just released the original God of War from 2018 on Steam. And it did quite well. It sold, sold the best and reviewed the best of any of their PC games so far. Uh, that said, I don't I don't see them doing uh, day and date anytime soon. Even though I do agree that I, I think it could only help them and not hinder them, because I think they are still a console first company. But yeah, we'll see what happens going forward. 
Also, just put Persona on Steam. What's going on? Yeah. Put Persona 5 on Steam. Yes, please. Do that. Yeah. Exactly. If you're going to put fucking Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Yeah. And Strikers. What's going on? That's insane. Uh, Marb Ahmed gives us five Canadian dollars to say, with how monetized games are with MTX, will video game addiction become a thing again the same way gambling addiction is? You know, I suspect it's still a thing, but people just don't talk about it as much just because it, yeah. make, it makes too much money for the people who run the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there's people who's, who've spent way too much money on video games, money that they didn't about, have. Well, we were talking about mobile games earlier, and basically the entire mobile game market is now squarely mm-hmm. aimed at, you know, suckering money from people. And yeah, nothing absolutely. Else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you see things like, you know, gotcha games that are that are targeted towards kids and Congress trying to step in and, and say whether that's legal or not. Um, uh, but don't forget, makes money for the people who run the world. So exactly. nothing happens. Yeah, and so as long as those people get paid, then it's fine. Yeah. Um, Billy Thriller gives two British pounds to say all games where you die are survival games. Quite. Yeah, yeah. Mario's a survival game. Yeah. I feel like oh, Mario, the original Mario could be almost every genre. Well, I was about to say you could survive Mario just by, like, not moving. But then I remember there's a timer on each level, so that doesn't There work. is a timer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's, I was about to say, maybe that's a life lesson. It's the only way to win is to not play. But then eventually you will die, which is also a, just a life lesson right there. Yeah. yeah. In the great game of life. Mm-hmm. Eclipse 95 gives 25 Ron. I don't know. Well, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just someone's name. 25 yeah, it's Ron named it, Ron. It's Ron, Ron Bucks. Yeah. Does Japan be the best at making games? With the argument that most of the masterpieces are from Japan, some friends think so, but I don't agree. Well, I think part of it is that Japan just makes a fuck of a lot of games, and Uh we just get the ones that float to the top. Yeah. And uh, also there's plenty of perfectly good games coming from elsewhere, like uh, Lucas Pope's games and shit like that and unpacking yeah i don't i i don't think uh i don't think nintendo makes i think i or i think uh uh japan is often considered sort of the not the birthplace of video games but sort of uh where video games really got their footing um Mm. you know mostly thanks to to folks like nintendo and then sony with the playstation um but Um, while i do i do think Partly thanks to the collapse of Atari in the West. Exactly. Exactly. So whether that's opportunistic or, uh, you know, them injecting life into a dying industry, um, you know, those both might be the same. But um, I don't know. I think Japan makes excellent games. I think FromSoft and Nintendo both make incredible games and and Square and and whatnot. We talk about Persona all the time. That's Japanese. But Mm. there's just as many good games from Europe and, and America and whatnot all over the place. Arcane Knight gives $5 to say one of my favorite meme genres to pop up recently is the quirky Earthbound inspired indie RPG. But can you think of a better name for these things? Uh, well, I think yeah. Earthbound likes <laughs> might work. Yeah, yeah. But then are people going to get mad like Souls like fans do? Maybe. I mean, I might get mad if you called Undertale an Earthbound like. I feel like there's a <laughs> bit more to it than that. Yeah. So there's Undertale, there's um, Everhood, there's Everhood. Lisa, Lisa the Painful and Lisa the Joyful, Amori. Yeah, Amari. Yeah. yeah, there was that Eastward that came out earlier this year. Yeah, it's quite a few. Yeah. yeah. I guess that, that, I don't know, that should be a, a, a I, I feel like the reason we're seeing a lot of them now was because Earthbound wasn't a big hit at the time. Mm. And if it was a big hit at the time, we would have gotten a lot of games right then inspired by it. But I think people looked at the amount of money Nintendo spent on it and the lack of return they got from it and said, no, nah, we're not going to do anything like that. Stick to, We're going to stick to fantasy it's, role-playing games for, for the time being. It's the the quirky pixel RPG mm-hmm. or Quixar. Q- yeah, QPRPG. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Quixotic. Quixotic. <laughs> um... Paul says, gives $5 to say, can more devs use less loading screens and cutscenes? K, thanks. Here's a tip for the enjoyment. Uh, sure, we'll pass that on, Paul says. We will. That, yeah. probably, I mean, has, I th- that probably hasn't occurred to them. No, <laughs> not, not yet. 
Um, I mean, I think you're going to see fewer loading screens with, uh, uh, you know, with the with new hardware. I know that was like a big thing that PlayStation could do with their fancy SSD. Was that you know it pretty much got rid of loading screens. Um, cuts. I don't think cutscenes are going away. I think cutscenes are here to stay. So yeah, you just might have to get used to that. Yeah, I'm fine with them as long as they have a skip button. Oh yeah, if if I can like crank through dialogue, ooh, yes please. Let me tell you, yes. Uh, Ad give us one hundred Indian rupees to say, "Hey Yarts, do you know Tim Rogers of Tokimeki Memorial fame? Because he sure as heck knows about you." I'm afraid not. I don't know if I've disappointed Tim Rogers of Tokimeki Memorial fame, but I have not heard of him, and I'm not entirely sure what Tokimeki Memorial is. Uh, Tim Rogers used to work at Kotaku for quite a while. I think he now just does his own uh, YouTube stuff. But um, yeah, he's. I, I, I think he has a very uh, fervent fan base. Um, he, he does a lot of in-depth video essays on, on certain things. I'm not sure what Tokimeki Memorial is, but yeah, I know him from that. Well, a, a lot of YouTubers were influenced by me. I was, I was in there early on. Yeah, look at that. I'm like at the bottom of the great big spreading tree of influence. Oh, apparently he did a six-hour video on Takameki uh, Memorial, which is a dating sim slash social sim series that has like a hundred games. Thanks for so advising. I'm finding all this right now. Thanks for advising me of what not to watch this afternoon. Oh, but he's a fan of yours. So, what's he done for me lately? <laughs> what if all of his videos are dedicated to you? You don't know that. I doubt that very much, but anyway. Yeah. Rero Meteoro gives five British pounds to say, Yats, long-time fan, what's your all-time favourite subversive theme game? That is a game which was entirely different than what you expected. Okay, I guess we're meaning uh, Undertale, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club, Spec Ops yeah. The Line. I guess I'll go with Undertale. That's my, like, my favourite game anyway, so by default it must also be my favourite subversive game as well. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I feel like that works. Um, I, I I don't know if if, if near would count in this because it doesn't get subversive until quite a ways into it. But I think that that's one that stands out to me. Quite like frog fractions as well. That's pretty subversive. Yeah, yeah. I loved Inscription last year. I know you weren't uh, as hot on it, but uh, yeah. that was a great subversive one. Just didn't grab me. You know what? That's fine. That's S totally fine. Saru Sarau gives four hundred Indian rupees. Blimey. That's say, a lot. I've been trying to get into Dark Souls, but always end up quitting at the run back to the Bell Gargoyles. I love Bloodborne and want to love Dark Souls too. What do I do? Please don't say get good. Uh, summon Soler. Yeah. Summon Soler for the Gargoyle fight. It's simple as that. You have to be human yeah. to summon, and you have to have spoken to Soler and gotten the white soapstone. But if mm -hmm. you fulfill those criteria, you'll find his summon sign right outside the boss door. And if you can just get through that fight, you'll probably be all right for a while. Yeah, you're probably fine till Ornstein Smell at that point. Um, yeah, the the original Dark Souls has a couple uh, couple hurdles, but once yeah. you're able to clear them, you're you're usually in the clear for a few yeah. hours. Actually, so. the gargoyles was a hurdle for me too, Zero Zero, on when I was Absolutely. first playing yeah. Dark Souls. But I found summoning. There's no shame in summoning. The game flat out encourages you to do it. Absolutely, that's what it's there for. Yeah. Oh, and um, hundred percent stability shield build probably the easiest class to play for your first try for sort of a beginner run yeah yeah you can block more than you might think you can block mm -hmm. uh josh mckenzie gives 10 us dollars to say random documents and audio logs we find them under beds and we find them in the bogs if you can't tell your story you know just what to do throw it in the codex and we'll listen to a few that was He's, he's come up with some alternative lyrics to my random document song. <laughs> Good for him. I think that's I think that's wonderful. Also, I, if you put codex listenable codex in your game, and you need to stay in a menu to listen to them, like they won't uh, play while yes. you go out of the menu, that's just you should you should probably go to jail for a little bit yes. uh, for life I've, for a little while. I frequently harped on about that. Mm -hmm. Just let us play it over gameplay i'm probably yeah. gonna be playing a podcast over gameplay anyway exactly i'll listen to your little in-game podcast hibiki the ink fox gives five us dollars to say if you could combine any three genres into one game what would you combine and what would that game look like 
Um, um, first person recursive dating sim so that I can look right down their titties and then repeat the fact that I can look down their titties. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That seems great. That seems... <laughs> There's no following that up. Moving on. What about, a, what about an action-adventure RPG? I've never played one of those. Oh, well, I could recommend a few if you're interested in that genre. <laughs> Have you considered every game? Ah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, think about it. Role-playing game also doesn't inherently mean anything. You're always oh. playing a role in a game. Oh, absolutely. Unless it's like a top-down management sim and you're not, you're not a person, you're just a bodiless essence hovering over everything. But even that's a role. Yeah, Being, sort of, being a deus ex machina, that's a role. Scavenger gives $10 to say, Hi guys, question, have you had a game idea that's way beyond your dev abilities? I have a lip-reading game idea. I mapped out the primary loop. I'm afraid it would only work with AAA graphics or VR. Interesting. You, do you mean like lip-reading that the game reads the player's lips, like before your eyes does with blinks? Or is this a game where we have to read the lips of a character in the game? If it would only work with AAA graphics, I would, meet, I would assume we have to read the lips. Right. Well, I don't think yeah. it's necessarily need AAA graphics for that. I, mean, I, I think you you would need like very in depth animation. I, I mean, think. you just need like really exaggerated mouth movements. Like if if you see like they're biting their lower lip, that's very clearly an F. Yeah. What was the what's what's the famous game? Oh, uh, L.A. Noir. That was the game where you're inter yes. you're interrogating people and you have to see if they're giving like facial. Uh, clues that they're lying or that there's more information they have to give yeah that kind of needed triple a graphics because you had to like read actual human emotion on their faces yeah but yeah i suppose if you're not if it's like uh, just pixel art graphics it'd be a lot easier to read so <laughs> i imagine that the game idea you have that is beyond uh, uh your dev abilities would be the uh, uh recursive uh a titty titty game that you mentioned yes, before. I don't really have much faith in my own titty drawing capability. No. No. You can draw you can draw boob, but you can't draw boobs plural. So that's always been a tough hurdle for you. Quite. Never been quite clear on the physics there. No. <laughs> you play, you've played too many uh pseudo games to, yeah, to get it right. Watch too much anime. I've got very weird ideas about how <laughs> physics on breasts work now. Exactly. Also, thank you, Scavenger, for inspiring this conversation. Hey! So, yeah. This is all your fault. <laughs> Cine the Excellent gives five US dollars to say, I call games like Uncharted blockbuster games. They're high-budget spectacles that make big fantastic moments to distract from the droll in between. Well, quite, but that doesn't, again, that doesn't really mean anything outside of context. Yeah. I mean, that could just be a word for AAA games. Yeah. Unless, also, you're, unless, if you, unless you're saying it's literally a game about exploding buildings. Yeah. Quite a few or ex explode. exploring decrepit video stores that are no longer in business. Oh. That could be good. Five Walking Nights Simulator. Of, Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff, perhaps. Ooh, in an old blockbuster. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can get behind this. Turn around and there's just like an empty DVD case screaming at you. Yeah. Oh, God. Sounds yes. terrifying. All the streamers will play it and we'll make a million billion dollars. <laughs> Uh, two uh, member chats. Uh, Chaos Chris, who's been a member for 20 months, says, whoop. Oh, blimey. 20 months? That's almost two years. Holy moly. Uh, and Dave DeBlanc, been a member for three months. You got 17 more months to catch up, Dave. Uh, says, I hate character action. Spectacle fighter. There you go. I agree. Fighter. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Hickenbottom gives five British pounds to say, having recently been replaying and swearing a lot at Bayonetta, would you say Souls-likes are just slower, less cool spectacle fighters with stats? Well, if it's less cool, then it's not really spectacle, is it? Yeah, not what it's going and for. The point of spectacle is that the game goes out of its way to incentivize you to look cool. Yeah. Which, which Dark Souls doesn't really do. In Dark Souls, you're incentivized to turtle behind your shield the whole time, and then you just look like a big dog. Yeah. So what, 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 the, the original Dark Souls was called Sword, Sword and Board. That was sort of the way of, of playing that game. Hmm. Yeah. 
Avi Rivera gave us four ninety nine US to say, hardly get to catch y'all live, but I listened to the podcast, wanted to show support. Y'all are awesome and a good time. Appreciate the work. Cheers. Well, thanks oh. for saying that we're a good time. Now I can oh, write for a good time, call Yahtzee on a toilet wall and know <laughs> that I can cite uh, a reference. <laughs> uh, that's awful. Uh, and Mr. John Ray Asha, who's been a member for 22 months, They're says, wow, almost now. two years. Uh, keep up the great work. Holy moly. Will do. Two years. Rero Meteoro gave us five British pounds to say, Yarts again, my game dev star. If you could add any additional feature to Undertale, what would it be? Additional dialogue, more battles, lore. I don't know. If I knew what would make Undertale better, I'd probably be a much better game designer. Yeah, and I mean, if it's if it's one of your favorite games ever, I, I think it's uh, adding more to it might be a bad move. Yeah, um, uh, we could add big bouncing titties to it. Yeah, but uh, then, you think, then that might would that make it better or worse? I yeah, that, that would definitely distract. Yeah, mommy milkers. God, don't say it like that. Well, now with that image in mind, we now move on. Oh, no. Devon Sires gives five US dollars to say, I'm kind of curious. I know Vanillaware has some niche artwork, but you ever played a game called Odin Sphere? And if so, what did you think? I know the name. I don't think I ever yeah. played it. That was an old, it was originally on uh, PS2, and it was, they have like a very sort of uh, hand drawn anime style to their art. Um, it was a 2D. Um, action rpg but it's it's weird mechanic was that each stage if you'd run to the right far enough you'd loop back around to the left oh i see um yeah and so they did that and then they did the uh uh what was the game speaking of mommy milkers uh what was the, their well, big game afterwards it gained a lot of attention because the art had that like uh, a warrior lady who had uh, quite quite large breasts oh god damn it i remember that uh dragon's crown that was it yeah, and yeah, then well, yeah, uh, I looked up Odin Sphere, and there's certainly a lot of uh, anime midriff on display. Yeah, yep. Uh, but then they uh, made one of my favorite games of uh, 2020, which was uh, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Came out for PS4, and it's this incredible uh, Evangelion meets uh, Lost meets Persona um, huh. um, visual novel, but with 13 different characters and. and Kids battling in Max. Uh, it's coming to Switch and PC, I believe, uh, in a month or two. So, highly recommend uh, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim to people. Well, that sounds nice. Mm -hmm. I haven't played that. BS Marsh gives $5 to say this year will be the 15th anniversary of Zero Punctuation. Anything special planned? I have exactly the same thing I did for all my previous anniversaries planned. That is bugger all. Ha! <laughs> I, th I thought there was going to be a mommy milker thing planned, but no. Fifteen's not. not that round a number. Twentieth, no. surely, would be the really interesting one. But if you haven't done anything for the previous ones, I feel like you're not going to do anything for 20 either. No, I didn't do anything for 10. Yeah, that's a big one. It passed uh, unacknowledged, because I yep. can barely remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. Fifteen, fifteen, 15th anniversaries in the internet is, uh, that's, that's quite a feat, though. Oh, yeah. Look at yeah. Mr. Web 1.0 over here. <laughs> Man, even Web 2.0 is kind of archaic term at this point. Yeah, right? It? Yeah. Uh, Andrew Hickenbottom gives three British pounds to say, Bayonetta has spectacles, so spectacle fighter. There, you, yeah. fi you figured it out, Andrew Hickenbottom. Yeah. Well done. Absolutely. Guy Thomas gives five British pounds to say, I've been thinking about how I have been missing the old school fun of muds. Are any still going these days? I wouldn't know, Guy Thomas. If they are, they're probably all monetized up the ass. Yeah, I would imagine that. Dave DeBlanc gives five Canadian dollars to say, so I recently started playing Persona 5 Strikers, thanks mm -hmm. uh, Persona Strikers Plus, and my favorite Replace part... PlayStation Plus. Okay. <laughs> there are a lot of PSs in this message. Yeah, I got confused. Yeah. And my favorite part is the 2D platform sections in the jails. <laughs> Do you think Persona 5 would work as a platformer? Maybe. I mean, uh, I think I've said before, with that sort of uh, game structure, you could really slot any kind of gameplay into it. Turn-based yeah, battles, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Dynasty Warriors-style battles, like what Strikers has, yeah. platforming, whatever you want. It's yeah, the, we've it's already the, seen... It's the framing that counts. 
we've seen Persona in uh, dancing rhythm games. We've seen Persona in fighting games. Persona in Etrian Odyssey esque dungeon crawlers. Yeah, I was so, about to say whatever the fuck Persona Q is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm sure it seems like the sky's the limit there. All right, did we finally get to the end of the super chats? I think we did. All right. Well, uh, no more super chats, please. If I see any more appear right now, I'm going to insult the person giving them quite severely. Oh, but they're gonna—you know—someone that's someone's kink. Someone's gonna donate money. I'm oh, fine. <laughs> but uh, for now, I will say thank you for watching slightly something else or listening to it. Hmm? I was joined by Marty Sleever. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was Yatsukoshan. Tune in uh, tomorrow for zero punctuation as usual. I will be talking about pray for the gods. Yeah. Uh, look there at, you go. Look at that. Manav Sridharan, member for twelve months goes up to early access and says insult me please no i won't there you go just because i just because you asked for it you know the, the, the spark is gone <laughs> uh so yeah tomorrow and the post cp stream i'll be playing pride for the gods uh what are you got anything coming up this week uh, we'll have a new, uh, oh yeah, I had a, a video essay yesterday on, uh, the, the rumors that, uh, From Software is, is possibly making an Armored Core game next, which is an old franchise that they created, uh, 25 years ago or so. Oh, yeah. So, they um, they yeah. haven't touched that since they, the, their ship came in with the Souls genre. Yeah. They really haven't left Dark Fantasy since then. So, uh, uh, yeah. So check that out. And then we have a new episode of The Anatomy today from JMate on, uh, Demon Souls. Just a lot yeah. of be honest a lot of souls like stuff and then uh yeah we'll have breakout uh tomorrow morning so yeah all right mm -hmm. uh i guess that'll be it remember to follow us all on twitter i'm at yahtzee croshaw i am at mcbiggity with two g's and two t's you can follow the escapers generally at, at escapers magazine and uh, that'll be it for now <laughs> bye thanks everyone